Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season four of the Spima Council podcast. My name is Jackson Prelly. I'm one of your co-hosts for the season, as well as the podcast producer and social media manager. Joining me on the hosting side today, we have Noah, who is also part of our council as, as an events team member, and Malin Grossi, who is our podcast administrator and co-host as well. I'll now throw over to Maddie to introduce our guest for today. Thanks, Jackson, and thanks for joining us, Noah, today. Um, but Mitch, Mitch is the current senior manager of sports sponsorships at TD. Mitch originally graduated from the University of Toronto with a Bachelor of Commerce before getting two more degrees from George Brown College and the Western Ivy Business School. Mitch has had an extensive career in sports, working with the Edmonton Oilers for four years in various roles, working with the Sports Business Life podcast, and with TD for almost six years now in various roles as well. We welcome Mitch as the 18th guest here on the Spima Council podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the claps. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> yeah. us. Well, we can jump right into it. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned, you worked with the Edmonton Oilers for a few years there. Um, and it looks like you worked your way up from kind of being an intern to a coordinator over your years. So can you touch on what you learned working with the Oilers and any advice you have for students, you know, who are looking to have some internships in university and maybe stay with that organization after that four months is over? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it was coming in on a four-month contract initially with the Oilers as an intern and not knowing what would happen after those four months. And so, you know, as I neared the end of that contract, you know, I started to have conversations with my boss and, you know, networking internally at the organization just to say, hey, like, what do I need to do to keep my foot in the door? And so they just said, hey, keep working hard, keep getting your, like, keep doing whatever we can get you to do. And so really, I just kept putting my hand up in those last few months with anything that they needed me to do, whether it was being a mascot to volunteering for different events, just making sure that they always knew they could rely on me and that I was willing to do whatever it took. And it did extend me another four months. And within that time, I, I got a, a foothold on a full-time position on their junior hockey team with them into Oil Kings, as well as they had a team uh, in baseball at the time, believe it or not, in a golden baseball league called the Edmonton Capitals. So uh, I was able to really put my foot in the door there. And then I just said, hey, this is an opportunity. That's one thing I learned being at the Oilers was, you know, they're going to give you a lot of opportunities to succeed. It just comes down to those who are willing to bite and take advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, me being from Edmonton, born and raised, I was a hardcore fan, still a hardcore fan. It was just one of those things where, you know, I'm, I don't know how many more times in my life I'd have an opportunity to do this. So I said, hey, I've got to take full advantage of it uh, and make the best I could. And, you know, I was lucky that, right place right time took an internship and converted into four positions over four years uh, and so again definitely very grateful for the opportunities that the orders gave me and I think for anyone that's going into an internship or thinking about internships is just thinking about the long-term play it's not just about the four months that you're there it's how do I really leave a mark that makes the property want more of you so therefore you can create that legacy piece for them so that, that way you want to make yourself indispensable right make sure that they have a tough time saying we're done with Mitch Sharma, right? We don't, we don't need him anymore. No, you don't want them saying that, right? You want to say, Hey, what else can this person give us? Yeah. Nope. I, I think that's important. Yeah. Sorry, Jackson. Cause especially for students here in the sport management program at Brock, we have that internship opportunity in your fourth year uh, for you to be able to have that experience. And um, I think it's important for students to hear that, to, to think it's not only four months, this could be where you spend, you know, your first um like actual job outside of university once once you've graduated so kind of thinking thinking um of it as that kind of bigger picture opportunity 
Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And then I was just going to ask, did you have like a favorite moment during, during internship? Cause we do have a lot of students that do listen and are looking to do an internship. So do you have like a favorite moment that you had when you completing yours? I think for me, it was the first day where the Oilers were, I still remember this day, like it was yesterday, the Oilers were playing the, the Red Wings uh, in Edmonton. And my boss at the time took us and like another intern to the game. And we got to sit in the old Oilers building, which was called Rexall Place at the time. And it's such an old building that I don't think any modern day buildings do this anymore, where they have a catwalk at the top of the building. And that's where all the Oilers staff would get to watch the game from. And growing up as a kid, you know, I always looked up there and was always wondering, oh, like who gets to sit up there? I know sometimes players get to sit up there and like what life is like up there. And I, that was my first time really getting to go up there. And it was such a cool moment, a surreal moment, being an Oilers fan for my whole life up to that point. And now seeing the other side of the equation. And that was basically a preview of what life was going to be like for up to that point being with the Oilers, as well as for the rest of my career till this day, being in sports, which is just seeing the other side of being a sports fan and seeing the business side of it. So for me, that's probably like the first day, but the really big memory I've always held near and dear, just because that was my call it my TSN turning point when we came from switching gears from being an Oilers yeah. fan to being a, an Oilers employee and a fan of the sports business world. No, sounds pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, Mitch, again, thanks for being on here. Um, my question was just about how different uh, your current job of sponsorships is um, compared to some of your other jobs in the past. I know you worked at a General Mills for a year in marketing. And then it says here that you're also uh, director of marketing for the sponsorship place as well. So I'm just kind of interested in knowing um, how dealing with a large uh, company like TD is different than your, your other things in the past. Obviously, TD is a massive bank and has cross-country uh, ambitions. So I think you can speak on, uh, speak on that. Absolutely. So I think for me, looking at being at a, at a big bank, big organization in Canada that a lot of people are familiar with, it's, it's kind of brand management. And coming from the Oilers, you know, brand management spoke to being representing the Oilers or the Oil Kings or the Capitals, but that was a very limited space, right? That's more of a regional marketing project that you're working really year over year. When you go to a big, large organization like General Mills, or when you're on the TD portfolio, you know, it's a massive, massive property that spans not just in the country of Canada, but you're also thinking globally in, as well. And so that la level of management really takes a different hat of marketing, as I call it, where what you from regional marketing to national to global marketing, it's a much different perspective on how you strategize, how you formulate budget plans, and then really just how to become a better marketer. And so for me, my career goal when I started the Oilers was to you know grow as quickly as I could, learn as much as I could. But then the president at the time, Patrick LaForge, you know, he he really gave me some really good advice was that you know, learn to spread your wings when you're in marketing. Don't try to just be on a sports team or work for a sports team your whole career. Not saying that a lot of people I know that do that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just he came from Molson Canadian and he he spent 25 plus years working for that organization. And so he had a lot of breadth of experience in marketing before he went over to the Oilers and he grew to become president of that organization for many, many years and made a huge lasting impact with the Oilers. So for me, I really looked highly upon his career and said, okay, I really want to kind of mimic a lot of that. And so, you know, I left the Oilers, did my MBA, went to General Mills, like you mentioned, Noah, where I really wanted to learn what working in the consumer package good industry was like. And that was my first real non-sports business experience that I had which led me to believe that, okay, I need to get back into sports business. I wasn't maybe as passionate yeah. about cereal, like maybe some people are, and that's totally <laughs> fair. But uh, yeah. for me, uh, I wanted to get back into what I really missed a lot. And, you know, that level of excitement where to me, this is not a job. 
what I do on the day-to-day at TD, managing a brand like theirs within the world of sports is, is like, for me, is a perfect mix of marketing meets sports fandom. And it's just one of those things where uh, I love the perspective of working with different internal stakeholders. So you work with lines of business like credit cards, wealth, direct investing. You also work with legal, you work with brand marketing. You work with so many different channels that are really the gatekeepers of success for the brand. But at the same time, you're also working with a lot of external partners. So working with Sportsnet, working with data agencies like IMI International or Nielsen or YouGov, also working with the Blue Jays, working with Vancouver Canucks, working with esports partners. Like you work with so many different types of people, which is what I love because it's all about thinking differently and working with people who have different opportunities or different ways in of how to be creative, how to be strategic. So I would say, while it's, it's really good to be on the sports property side, I just love the ability to really become a Swiss army knife in, in marketing by working on the yeah. brand side, because you just get to work with so many different types of people who have just so many different mindsets, which for me just kind of reinvigorates your level of creativity and thinking. Yeah, perfect. Definitely. Nice. So was there like something that kind of led you to go to TD was like the first job that came up or was it something uh, that the organization was pushing that kind of attracted you to the job? I mean, it's a good question. I wouldn't say TD was top of mind at the time. I'll be quite honest, as I say that as I'm sitting inside my office here at TD, (laughs) but uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it's when the right place, right time. It was a situation where I was, you know, nearing the end of my time at General Mills, where I knew I felt like it wasn't the future establishment for me in terms of my career. And so just through network and having a lot of coffee chats with different people, you know, I talked to other companies and then, you know, through a connection, someone brought up TD and, you know, they mentioned what the portfolio looked looked like at the time back in 2017. And, you know, it's not as robust as it is today. And it was just, that's where I saw an opportunity where I realized, you know what, I really don't hear much about TD in the sports business space, you know, back in 2017. And so I thought maybe there's a way in for me to help grow that awareness and that prowess that TD definitely has a resource to succeed at is that they don't maybe have the acumen to succeed at that. And I thought maybe I could help be a difference maker. Uh, and so for me, it was one of those things where I came in, there was no sports sponsorship team when I joined. Uh, and it was one, I was a one man show and just right place, right time again, where different opportunities came up. The Canucks came up as an opportunity to invest in We did it. Uh, we had a big Jays renewal in 2019. Again, I was, I was a, able to be a part of that. And then through that hard work, my bosses saw an opportunity to allow me to lead TD's first ever sports sponsorship team. And you know, to grow into that and build something that never existed before at a large organization with 80,000 staff was pretty, uh, pretty special to me. Just thinking about, you know, where I came from and how we started and where we are now. And to now have a team of three and, you know, we're really going coast to coast. It was something I didn't think would be possible at TD, but it was just something that I was like, oh, that'd be a nice pipe dream. And now it's become reality. No, for sure. And you talk about how, like, you guys have grown since 2017. So I was just warning, where do you see, like, this future sports sponsorship heading and, like, what new ideas or trends do you see maybe being created in the next couple of years in the sponsorship area? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes without saying technology is obviously going to be a big piece of how sponsors and fans connect. Uh, you know, we're not foreign to things like TikTok or social media, VR, AR, AI. All these things are all being commonly used now. But now it's figuring out how does like sponsorship specifically find a way into those worlds? Because, you know, I look at even you guys here, you guys are part of that generation where technology is so essential into your day to day. I mean, we're just doing a podcast alone that explains already how important technology is in terms of getting that sort of communication out there. But as a sponsor, we got to figure out, like, for example, the three of you, where do you guys go to consume content for NHL, content for MLB, content for Blue Jays or esports? 
and finding new ways that make sense for you guys to digest the content that a big bank is trying to spew out because we don't want to come across as inauthentic. So it's utilizing technology to the best of our abilities. And it's not just about these mediums that I talked about. It's also about utilizing data. Data is obviously, as we all know, is king. It's just, it's plentiful, but it's how do you decipher the right type of data to say, here's how you should communicate to this, this audience. Here's the type of channels that are more effective to TD than this other channel. Like TikTok is great, but maybe it's not the right one for TD when it comes to baseball, right? So how do we use that data? Well, that's where we use an analytics to really process that information and figure out the best ways in. So, you know, it's not about what it used to be when I started 10 years ago, or just like, well, let's look at our ticket numbers. And okay, that's how we're going to market effectively to sell more tickets in, in Edmonton. It's totally changed now where you really have to think about data. You really have to think about technology. How do we make the viewing experience better? How do we just make the overall fan experience more enjoyable? Because you are paying a lot of money to go to see a Canucks game or, or a Blue Jays game or a Raptors game or whatever. So you as a consumer need to get more bang for your buck outside of just what happens on the court or on the ice. So as a sponsor, we try to do our part as well to like elevate not only our own brand, but then the brands that we're associated with. Yeah, and I think it's interesting now, like in the in the sports industry and where things are being streamed too. And like, you no longer Absolutely. can just have cable and be able to watch like whatever sports you want. Like almost every sport is now streamed on a different platform and you have to pay for that platform to be able to see it. So I think for some of, for our generation too, it's, it's harder and it's unfortunate sometimes um, in the sense where like, you have to have all these streaming sites to be able to watch your favorite teams or be able to engage in um, certain sports uh, games or content um, we're like we we can't really afford that like we can't just buy all of the streaming sites yeah. we want because it's we enjoy it and, and we want to have fun um, but I also see how it's how it's really beneficial on the other side and the benefits as well um, so it's an interesting boat there I think no I would uh, wholeheartedly agree with you uh, Madeline on that just because you know, your generation specifically, you're right, because the cable cutting is just the norm. It's not a adoptive practice anymore. It's more like, why would I get a cable package? I can mm. stream basically everything I have off my phone or whatever it have you just because I'm either very nomadic as a person or I don't have the funds because I'm using my parents' accounts, whatever it might be, which is totally understandable. Yeah. But then from a sports content perspective, you guys might be less inclined to watch a game live because you don't have access to that game live. Mm. So you're going to consume most of the content through short form on Instagram or on TikTok or on Twitter. So as a sponsor, we have to think about broadcast versus digital, you know, yeah. broadcast versus streaming. Broadcast isn't the ultimate beast that it used to be anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, as I said, talk about technology and data. That's one of the things we're using, utilizing as a bank is to say, okay, how do we evolve ourselves to communicating better effectively with sports fans like yourselves? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, we, we like to have some fun on here too and talk about, you know, some, some real life sporting events and, and things that are going on um, in sports right now. Um, so as we talked about also before you, you worked with the Sports Business Life podcast. So could you talk a little bit about how podcasting helped you grow as an individual, um, both like professionally and, and personally? Yeah, I mean, again, I always appreciate the plugs that you guys had for the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's something that uh, my buddy Joel Roberts and I started back uh, in the early parts of when the pandemic really hit off. And then it was just one of those things, passion projects that we had where I was sitting on it for a few years and just really wanted to help, you know, future sports business enthusiasts like yourselves to learn more about what we do on our side of the business. Uh, but then to your question, Madeline, in terms of like things I've learned or how it's kind of helped me grow, for one, it's, it's made me more confident 
and sharing my perspectives on sports business, on sports itself. Uh, and also just kind of letting people know this is what I think, because, you know, you have blogs, you have blogs, you know, you have all these different ways of sharing your passion for whatever you're passionate about, but it's really just doing it, right? It's really just getting it out there, just like you guys are doing with this podcast. It's just really important just to follow it because the podcast is actually really easy to do. It's really not that complicated. Uh, it just comes down to what you're passionate about and also understanding that maybe the numbers won't be always there. Uh, you know, not everyone's going to get a million downloads a week, like some of the big ones, but you have to think about this probably hundreds of thousands of podcasts in the world right now uh, and not everyone can listen to all of them but if you can even just get a hundred people five people two people that listen in on a regular basis you're making an impact uh, in mm -hmm. someone's life and that was one thing I took away from our podcast was that you know I strived I was thinking like a marketer okay keep growing 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 right and then at the end of the day I remind myself when I would have one conversation with one student I'm just like oh this episode made a really good impact on me because I was able to learn something but I never thought was possible like that is the complete ROI that you would ever want with something like mm -hmm. a podcast. So that's what I, I always try to remind myself being like, yeah, maybe one episode didn't do so great when it came to listenership. But even if you just had like a couple hundred listeners or a hundred listeners or five, you don't know the level of impact you're creating with that person. So that is just a, a small microcosm example of how even just networking or just talking to someone and providing with your time and advice can really make a difference. Yeah, yeah definitely. So uh, like, uh, um, uh, I know for me personally, like during COVID, like after my school got shut down, I was listening to the podcast all the time. And with no sports going on, it was a good, um, it was a good filler for that. So uh, I know, thanks. Yeah. So earlier you were talking about when you were up on the catwalk uh, at the Edmonton Oilers, um, maybe a bit before that, but uh, what sports moment made you kind of fall in love with it? Made you want to get into sports business? Maybe when you were like playing a youth sport in high school, something like that. So I, I really sucked at sports, uh, playing sports. So I'll be honest with you guys. Like I was not a, an athlete. I mean, I played soccer a lot. That was probably the only sport I really excelled at um, for the most part. But uh, for me, honestly, it was, I was more of a watcher and a viewer where I was just kind of interested in like learning about how things work. But the real, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's embarrassing or not, but the real reason why I really got into like interested in getting into this industry was Jerry Maguire, like the movie. It was just something I watched when I was a young kid and not the greatest movie to watch when you're a kid, but it was just something that I still remember watching uh, back when I was living in Edmonton as a little guy. And, I, you know, it was so cool because I think of like, hey, you can actually like work with athletes. Like that's kind of a cool gig. And as I grew older and watched the movie more times, I realized it wasn't just about working in sports, like as you know, the surface level perspective of the movie is it's about how you actually, you know, maintain your values and align yourself with the right people and be authentic to who you are and what you represent. You know, I'm, that's the way I kind of looked at how, you know, the story is aligned. And if you, those that don't know, the movie is actually based off a true agent named Lee Steinberg. Uh, and so he has a lot of books about being a, an agent and how values are really important to him. So that's really what really kept influencing me to get into the industry, not to be a sports agent. I did actually think about doing that initially, but I realized that's not the life for me. But that was really what kind of kickstarted everything. No, because I'm glad, because honestly, I kind of have like a similar type of experience. For me, it was Moneyball was kind of my turning point, one of my favorite movies of all time. And then as I grew a little bit older, kind of figured out numbers weren't exactly my thing. So <laughs> I, I don't mind it, but I'm like, that's a little bit too much in depth. But um like you were saying with you with Jerry Maguire, I, I can relate to that in terms of Moneyball because that's what kind of piqued my interest. Like, oh, I would love to do this for like a career. And it's also based off the true story too. Exactly. Yeah. And then just to almost wrap up here. So 
Um, as you mentioned, you've had a great career in the sport industry, especially within the um, sports sponsorship. So um, just what's been your most memorable deal, whether it doesn't even have to be your biggest, but like which, which one are you most proud of? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think for me, I briefly mentioned it earlier was it was the one that kind of kickstarted my career at TD was just being a part of the the working team here at TD with our 2019 renewal with the Blue Jays. Uh, you know, we're, we're entering our 18th season with them now, but that 2018-2019 timeframe was a very interesting one for me where I was still trying to prove myself uh, at the bank. I was really wet behind the years in, in my boss's eyes because I was only in the bank for about a year at the time. And this was a really cool opportunity for me to kind of lift my hand up, even though I was the most junior person on the renewal squad. But it would really kind of showcase to me that if I just become more vocal and just be confident in that I can make a difference, you know, this place was a ability to give me the opportunity. I just had to seize it. And so because of that, I was able to really be a part of the, the key renewal team to bring that deal to life. And it, I learned a ton, especially from a legal perspective. I learned how to read contracts better how to work with a legal team, you know, how to even just being a part of confidential conversations. It's like, you know, when you're that young, it's kind of weird to hear what goes on behind the scenes, but it's just learning how to be more trustworthy and know that it's a professional atmosphere that's being conducted. And, you know, it's big money that's up for grabs, of course, but it's thinking strategically. Uh, and then you just start to see what goes on in, in, a, in a sports deal. It, it, it's, it's crazy what goes on behind the scenes, but it was such an eye opener for me. And, and I think it just, again, it really helped elevate my, my, I guess my own brand at, at TD where within that time of signing the deal, then I got promoted to, to run this first sports sponsorship team as well. So I'll never forget that deal just because of uh, the dividends it created both uh, for myself and of course for TD. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, Mitch, we've had a great conversation here today. We've learned a lot about you and your experience and, uh, and why you love the, the sports industry. Um, so we thank you for joining us. Um, but we always like to give our, our guests the, the final word and, and give you the floor before we close it off. So on behalf of Jackson and I uh, and Noah joining us today, uh, thanks again uh, for your time. And uh, the floor is yours before we end it off. Wow, talk about pressure. But uh, <laughs> but no, Ma Madeline, uh, Noah, Jackson, you guys, thank you guys for just even thinking of me. I mean, I'm, I'm very honored uh, to be on the podcast uh, again. But uh, you guys obviously... Wishing you guys all the best, wishing all your listeners all the best uh, in their futures uh, when it comes to getting into sports business. Or if you guys go to any other industry, uh, all the best in that. I know it can be sometimes frustrating. So all I'll say if I had to close it out was just just remain to be patient. It's just it's, it's so easy to get caught up in what other people post on LinkedIn and what their jobs prospects look like and what job they got, and who they work for. Trust me, it doesn't mean anything in the long term. Um, mm -hmm. I was, you know, when I graduate, when I was leaving, about to leave George Brown, you know, I, I, I interviewed with MLSC, IMG, all these different things. I didn't get any, I didn't get anything. And I was like disheartened and just losing faith and being like, when am, when am I going to get my turn? And then just towards the end of the program, when it was like, all hope was almost lost, this Oilers opportunity came up as an intern. And I went back home and got obviously where my career started. And we talked about that earlier on. So uh, patience always works. It is the reason why they call it a virtue. Um, and so I just highly, highly recommend guys like it, as when it looks dark, trust me, it, it'll get bright. Uh, just, just keep working at it and, and things always pay off. No, that's awesome. Great. Excellent. Thanks, Mitch. Thank Thanks you. guys. All the best. Thank you.